On today's show, KB and I discuss what we are doing to occupy our time during this pandemic. And then after the break, WrestleMania 36, the grandest stage of them all, the biggest wrestling pay-per-view event of the year, inside an empty arena. Our thoughts and opinion on that. So join us, will you, as KB and I remain socially distant on this episode of Free Your Geek. By the And welcome to the Free Your Geek podcast. I am your host, Jay Free, and I am joined via telephone by the socially distant KB. KB, what is up? Just being socially distant. Man, you know, it's. I was actually looking. Uh, as of this recording, we haven't ha- published a podcast in about a month, and I'm kind of. I've been kind of fiending for a podcast, but it's kind of tough because uh, on the last show, if you remember, we started talking about COVID nineteen coronavirus and how it might affect some of the Marvel movies and and everything, and might make you feel like uh, you're getting the uh, Sister Abigail. That's right. Oh, that's that's actually pretty good. We're we're, uh, we're we're in our own edition of the Firefly Funhouse. Um, we'll we'll touch upon that a little bit later. Um, so basically, what's going on is all the major motion pictures, all the superhero stuff, has kind of been pushed back. I think uh, Black Widow has been pushed back to November now. So, if I recall correctly, I, I might be wrong on that that particular date, but I know it got pushed back from the start date of it was supposed to be in May. And uh, yep. not happening. I, so I'm pretty sure Mulan got pushed back too. Yeah, and uh, all the other. I think all the other Marvel movies with those tentative dates that I listed last time, all of them can get get thrown by the wayside because I think they're they're each of the previous movie that was supposed to come out before it is going to be filling in the next the next date on that that list. So hopefully, you know, everybody, all the listeners are are staying safe. Their families are safe. Um, you know, it's been a kind of a challenging time, kind of a weird time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're all finding ways to keep ourselves busy or keep ourselves busy rather. It's challenging. It, I mean, it is. I mean, you and I luckily, uh, and, you know, we both still have uh, our jobs right now. We haven't been laid off. We, we work for a tech company. We won't give too much away with that, but we have the luxury of telecommuting, working from home. So, yep. uh, I feel like I'm trapped in a cage now cause I don't have an office to be in and walk to the cafeteria, walk to the restroom. I'm still in like my little, you know. Yeah, your your place isn't the biggest. Yeah, it's probably like I was talking to a friend of mine. I bet you it's like 560 square feet, if that. Um, yeah. And that's being that's being gracious. Um, anyway, long story short, we're both trapped. But KB, what have you been doing to pass the time? I know you've been playing a couple of different video games. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. I've been playing quite a bit. I've been I've been actually like digging out some of the fighters I haven't played in a while. Uh, things like that. And so, so what game? What game? Let's let's remind our listeners. What game are you playing? Uh, let's see. I am playing. Well, I, I was playing Dead or Alive Six, which has been out for a while. I started playing that again. Uh, let's see. The Resident Evil games, not fighters, but Resident Evil <laughs> Two and Three. I've been playing both of those. So Resident Evil so. Three just uh, just came out. Yep. Or was released, and it, but it's a re-release, correct? It's like yep. a yeah. It's a it's a remaster. Okay. Not, I, I, no, remaster doesn't do it justice. It's a remake. Because if you say remaster, it's kind of like over, you know, just doing over like the graphics and the sound. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a full on remake. Okay, so let's let's delve into this a little bit first because I think uh, I uh, I think I ta- told you Resident Evil Two is a game I just downloaded on the PS4. I yep. started playing it a little bit. It's a, it is a remastered version as well. Then correct? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, so I guess not being like brand new to the Resident Evil um, franchise, as far as video games go, uh, I I was very impressed so far of what I've played on two. But so when you say remaster, like 
educate me, I guess, in a, in a sense that what what do they actually remaster? Is it a different voice cast, or is it still the same oh, voicing? Oh no, no, no! It's a whole. That's why we, that's why I didn't use remaster. That's why I used remake because when we think of remaster, we think of almost like a port with better graphics. Right. You know what I, you know? And no, we're talking. You got to remember, the first Resident Evil games were started out in the nineties. You know, we were on different generations of consoles. Graphic comparisons are nothing uh, even close. The the stories are the story is the same, but other than that, the whole thing is different. It so, really is. So the the storyline plays out the same, but yeah. do the, are the levels the same? Are they from what you can recall? I mean, I know, like you said, the the older games came out so long ago. The, yeah, I mean, the scenery is the same. You know, okay. the scenery in the story is going to be the same. Like, uh, you know, Resident Evil two and three. I mean, they both take place in Raccoon City. They both. Um, they both, uh, go through like the police station. They both, uh, deal with, uh, other, just other well-known areas. So, so the areas are, are generally the same. It's just completely remade. Uh, I don't think you could do a perfect like remake of the originals cause they were so just different. And that control scheme that you talk about, like that real tough control scheme. So yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about that for a second because I that was, go ahead, you, you go ahead. That was one of the hardest parts of those early games. Right. The control so, schemes were horrific. So for for uh, clarification, uh, I was telling KB the last time I tried to get into the Resident Evil series was probably about three years ago, and I believe it was a, a it was just a ported version of I forget which which game it was, but the the controls were so bad that with the basically you'd use both analog sticks and and the you would aim. The gun, I believe, with the yep. the left stick, but you would strafe uh, left and right with the right stick, and it just, you know, for those that are accustomed with first person shooters, you move with your left stick, you you know you know you aim with your your right typically, yep. and it's just um, it's just one of those things that was so throwing me off. It it also wasn't very fluid in moving in direction. Correct. And the other problem was not just the control schemes, but the camera angles. So yes. certain parts in the game, you have these backwards. Uh, camera angles and you think you're going forward right but you end up going backwards again when the camera angle shifts they had that problem so it was like even though i'm pushing forward maybe the screen's a little bit differently in other words it's like they didn't have their compass right <laughs> right but and then to your point though as as yep. you know technology gets better as graphics get better it's like okay there's still an interest in this franchise let's remake these games because we can bring it forward to a new generation yeah yeah. Well, I think that the, 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 the problem with if we're, when we're talking about these games is that the first Resident Evil games, I mean, we're going back to like PlayStation one, PlayStation two, you know what I mean? We're going back, right? We're going, we're going back. And that there was a gap. There was a big, I don't know if I say big gap, but those games, those first games came out kind of the first three or four games. Cause you have uh, Resident Evil one, two, three, and then there's also Code Veronica. So those four games, they came out like, I don't want to say quickly, but but in a, in a shorter span of time, I guess. And then you had a little bit of a gap. And then you got to uh, Resident Evil 4 on GameCube, which changed a lot of that control scheme. I think that's the one you played. It was still a little rocky, but it wasn't as bad as those previous games. Well, and, then what they, yeah. and then what they did... And then what they did, if you're wondering why they remastered on two and three, uh, one was already remastered. One and zero was already remastered on GameCube. And then they were ported onto every other console under the sun. <laughs> um, so that's probably why they haven't done those. I hope they do do those because uh, the way they do it now is just amazing. Uh, but then you have after four, you had five, which was um, – all five and six were commercial flops um, because they've kind of turned more into shooters than the horror part of it. So they lost a lot of their hardcore fan base. They definitely did in that, in that scenario. I feel like now with these remakes that they're doing, it's a perfect balance. It's a perfect mix of the horror. It's back to its roots, the roots that it's supposed to be. Um, so yeah. So, Oh, and then the Resident Evil seven, you can't forget that. That was, that one was pretty cool. And, and that, one, that was the one that was in first person. And that was a separate story outside of the regular story that they have. So that one, that was the one that when, when, when Don 
was was on with us. Uh, we we had done a a, a review about, I believe, um, and, and that one was phenomenally scary. I think that's what kind of made them redo these other ones. Okay, interesting. Well, shout out to Don, yeah. by the way, who I think still listens. You know, Don Don's living his life right now. He's an essential worker. Uh, so, you know, stay safe, buddy. We love you. Yep. Uh, hope to get you back on soon. But, uh, yeah, to your point, like that, that genre, like is so applicable. And, and as we were talking about, you know, the, the hardcore fans who played it growing up or might've been like, you know, yeah. preteens or even teens at that point who are now adults will still buy this game. And then for fans coming into the genre who might've mm-hmm. heard about it from previous systems, you know, kids that might be you know 14 15 16 now can like learn like this game you know with the remastered graphics and it would still be cool and applicable to them yeah no that no definitely and that that's one of the exciting parts about it um my daughter's boyfriend who's only in his early 20s i think he's 20 21 like he knows those old games and i i think he's played them a little bit here and there but he didn't play them growing up like i did you know what i mean or other fans but here he is now really like loving the franchise. Um, that's also credit to all the movies and stuff too. They, they've done so many movies. They've done, um, it, it's a solid all around built franchise, I guess is, is the way to put it. It's not, I'm not going to say it's the best franchise in the world, you know, as far as these things go, movies or games, but like the, the culmination of all of the, the moving parts of what you consider a good franchise, decent books, some comics, good games, and you know a, a billion dollar you know movie franchise those are it's a good combination for well, a solid franchise yeah what i what i'd liken it to is uh similarly it's a different genre entirely but think about it from almost like the uh, the tomb raider side of the house mm-hmm. because same, tomb raider tomb raider you know was a very popular game and they've remastered it they've redone it uh, oh. they've re- they've kind of done like a soft reboot uh, with with yeah. Lara Croft, and we've yeah. had the Angelina Jolie movies. We've had the new Tomb Raider movie that's come out. So it was okay. I, I liked <laughs> it. I, I thought it, it was very yeah. reminiscent of the first game, the like the, the reboot of the franchise. It, it played the, out to the games pretty well. Yeah, yeah and, and that's what I that's well. what I think. I think it was a less less sexualized Lara. I think it was was definitely like cool to see her just be yeah. like this kick ass character. But like between that, between you know. Uh, Resident Evil. I, I'm just trying to think of other games that have been like remade, and and we'll get into mine here in a second. But besides Resident Evil, you've been um, playing a little uh, Ultimate Alliance on the Switch. Is that Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three? Is amazing. It, it is. It is just so well thought in how you unlock things and how you build character, and you wouldn't see that. Uh, you don't see that on its front. But once all that DLC gets in there, it just expands the game so much. So is it all it's is unbelievable? It all, is it DLC that you have to purchase, or is it like all through gameplay? Uh, it's there's some that's see it's hard to tell because when you buy the season pass, it all gets updated, so it's gotcha. hard to tell what some of that free content is versus what some of the new content is. From what I understand, is every character is going to have costumes and. Uh, every character has four costumes. So, you know, that's that's pretty decent. Um, so some of that is standard, I think. Uh, but when the DLC came out, you got like, I think it was the second DLC where you got like, oh no, was it the first one? No, it was the first one. Where you got like a shield depot, which was like a place to buy stuff to level up the characters and to buy alternate costumes and alternate sound, sound lines. And you have to earn these shield tokens through various ways uh, through what they call the gauntlet. Uh, the gauntlets are fun. Like at first I didn't think they were going to be a lot of fun. They're a ton of fun. Um, basically it's like, you know, three or four, three to five different uh, areas of the story that they kind of section off as like independent challenges. And then it's like, you can beat, you can beat that gauntlet one time, but then they, they kind of challenge you to go through it as many times as you can without, you know, losing without dying to unlock things. So it gives it like so much replay value. And I don't think they're done yet. Um, they raised with the, the, the uh, fantastic four DLC, which added an epilogue story, which was fantastic where you no go to Latrevia. Yep. <laughs> you go to Latrevia uh, and you know, you go to Dune's castle and all of that. 
Like it's really, really good. And it fits in with the story that was already there. Um, but they raised the level cap to 300. It was, it was 200 before that they raised the level cap another hundred levels with this DLC. So you can you, theoretically level up 100 more times. Exactly. And I play, I've, I've been playing a ton and my highest character is only like 130, 135. So the, 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 the so ceiling of things. You've is, got a lot more work ahead of you, sir. Well, you got to think about it. That's just one character too. Right. Like, like they have, it's like, what's it like 60 characters or something? It's, it's crazy. And they, it's like the characters they chose, very, very good cast of characters. Um, some that I wish were there. There's a couple that I wish were there that aren't. But for the most part, they they caught it. They they got the fan favorites that shouldn't be missing, <laughs> you know. So especially with the X Men characters, they did a good job. I and mean, when you add Gambit, when you add Jean Grey, those weren't playable in the past games. So what you're basically yeah. telling me is you want me to take my stimulus check and go buy a Switch, and I'm going to have to buy this game. Yes, and it's all and it's all and the other thing is the um like the danger room like the x-men the, the you know the danger room like you can play that multiplayer online <laughs> like it, it, it's there's it's just so much fun to be had that's it's, awesome that's awesome. you know and i and like i said in uh i think there's more coming because now that i've unlocked all the characters it's like this one you know when there's that one empty character slot <laughs> you're sitting there and you're like you see the silhouette is... and you're like who is this no no there's no silhouette it's just the box it's just the box and it's just like Huh, and I've I've searched up and down online and have not found anything as to what that character is. They're not going to spoil it for you, I guess. No, no, I I guess not. Um, and, oh, and then they have like um challenges, like monthly challenges, you know, that unlock stuff like each time you level up within the challenge. So it's, it's just uh, you know, it was a game that when it came out didn't seem to have that much depth beyond the story. Uh. But when they put all this DLC in, it was amazing. And the, the other frustrating part was like in the game, uh, before all the DLC, it was hard to kind of uh, level up the characters. It was it really felt like you could never, not never level up, but it was like a grind. Where when the DLC came out, you have all these other ways now of like, you know, leveling up. You have different so, avenues. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yes, that's what I'm saying to do with your stimulus check. Okay. Everybody around the world, dude, no. Go do that. Go go buy a Switch. Now, what version? Should they get the light or should they get the full-on Switch? I am not a fan of the light. That's just my opinion. I Especially for this game. Because this game, I, I, I would not be playing this game on the road because there are parts where the screen just gets really small. So, for example, like there's um, in the second level... Uh, there's basically like, um, it's, it's like a giant grid of like boxes and it's like a, it's like a look down view of your characters and they get really tiny to like try to figure out like this puzzle. And there's lots of, not lots, but there's, there's quite a few areas like that where if I was playing on, um, a light or even if I was playing on my switch on, on, you know, outside of the, the, the TV, I, I, I wouldn't be able to see what the hell was going on. You know, maybe a child can and teenagers and people, but us older folks who are in our forties, you know, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You're not whoa. there yet. You're whoa. not there yet. Calm I'll be down. Fair. Calm I'll be fair down, yet. buddy. Calm down. Hey, I'm in that class. I can say that I'm in that class. Yeah, no, that's okay. I'm not. Thankfully. <laughs> I still got a couple of years. Um, no, but that's cool. Like, so along the same lines, I'm, I'm playing right now, uh, Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, I downloaded that. Looks amazing. It's, it's it's so awesome. We're talking about you know going back to Resident Evil, Tomb Raider, you know talking about games that have been like reintroduced. It's one of those know. franchises. Oh my God! Starting with Mortal Kombat in 2011, that basically takes the first three games and makes it in continuity, and then just changes it. It's yeah. it's so good. It's so good. Like um, the only the only thing I am missing. Um, and to your point, like there's a lot of things to unlock. I think each character has close to like. 40 different variations of their costume and yeah. you unlock that through like the crypt, which is like a, a you know, you have to, yeah, earn, I remember the crypt from the last Yeah, one. You have to yeah. earn coins. You have to earn uh, soul shards. You have to earn hearts and each denomination of that type of uh, currency will unlock different types of um, 
things in the crypt, which is and actually let me kind of guess, cool. there, there there are microtransactions. Um, not so much really? actually. It's just a season pass, um, and that's how I unlocked all the extra characters. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really cool. We have uh, Spawn, uh, mm-hmm. which is cool. The Terminator, uh, the Joker. You know, a couple couple different characters you don't typically see in Mortal Kombat. The only character that I feel is missing that I would have liked to have played is uh, Reptile. He's not in it, mm-hmm. but um, <clears throat> the game the game is super fun. Uh, you know, there's there's multiple brutalities and fatalities. fatalities, and then there's a mercy option, which is kind of fun because certain brutalities that you have to unlock require you to do a yeah. mercy. So I don't know if you yeah. recall that from the previous game, but um, essentially after you you know the finish him comes up. Or finish her. Let, let's be. Uh, let's not be sexist. Yeah. But uh, basically, you can do a mercy and give them like twenty percent health and fight them again, like almost like the round didn't end. So it's yeah. kind of cool that it's essentially to do some of these brutalities. You know, you have your fatalities where you have to input the sequence of of buttons when when it mm-hmm. tells you to finish them. With the brutality, it's just done during the match as long as they have enough. As long as the the move that you do does enough damage to take the rest of their health away. It's yep. really, really cool. It's, it's, it's for lack of a better term, it's super brutal. Does it have the, um, does it have the uh, simple fatalities? So yeah, so you can. Uh, one of the things you can unlock in the crypt is like one button fatalities or, or easy fatalities. See, that's that's what I like because some of those fatalities, I, I, some of them can be really tough. Some of them can be. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've, from what I've been playing, I've, I've pretty much gone through like everybody's story. Like I played the five-person tower just to get through everybody's end, you know, story. I'm, I'm like eighty percent done with the story mode. Yep. So there's, there's still a lot to do, but um, like I really, I'm, I've been hitting that crypt hard, man. There's, uh, there's a secret side of the crypt where you get into Shang Tsung's, uh, major like throne room. Mm-hmm. But what you have to do is you have to have, you have to do. Uh, 25 different fatalities to all of the characters. So, for example, yeah. Scorpion, you have to do 25 fatalities to Scorpion in the towers. Not even on a one-on-one match. It yeah. has to be in one of the towers. And for, every, for I think there's like 20 characters. So you have to do, yep. essentially, I, I can't even do the math right now. What is that, 500 fatalities? Something like something that. Something like that. 25 yeah. times 20 is uh, 400, uh, something like that, yeah. But uh, yeah. it's like, it's insane, that game is that game is um and and correct me if i'm wrong but there's there's no custom option for like a custom character is there then not to create a custom character what it is that should be the next step for that game that'd be interesting i don't know like power sets how you could really do that i mean it'd be cool i'm I'm not sure how much undertaking that would be well nope nope because you don't you don't need to do that because your power sets already exist you just play it off of the power sets that are already out there you don't need to redo your power sets. You just need to make them as an option for your character. So you'd want you'd want it to be like using again Scorpion as an example. Yep. You could have all well, of Scorpion's moves, but just look like. Yep, yep. I was going to say this because Soul Calibur. Remember, I told you about the Soul Calibur Six and how the the customization. Long, and I posted those videos a while back. Yes. Like Doctor, I mean, like Doctor Strange and Thanos. All those character sets. Those all pre-exist for, from existing characters. Yeah. It's like okay, like Raiden. Raiden's a perfect example. Okay, so if I want to make a Thor character, who would I use? Probably Raiden. Right. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Like that mentality. And they can absolutely pull that off. And, and, and the other thing is that like, like with Soul Calibur Six, like I just made like Batman and Robin because this latest DLC they added. Uh, you remember the old Batman TV show where they punch somebody and it? it oh, yeah. Pow, it was and it's, that's called yep. that's called Onomatopoeia, yep. by the way. Yep. Yep. Oh, Onomatopoeia. So anyway... Anyway, they added that as a feature on your character. It's so, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they they know that there's no copyright on. Well, even if there is, nobody says they can't do that. You, you know what I mean? It's, like it's yeah, not it's, it's that. murky. It's murky waters. But but they but they do it. Um, and uh, or like they put a turtle shell in the game. Well, people make Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. I you know so. There's nothing saying Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. It's a turtle shell. They don't own a turtle shell, you know? True. Like that, but that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about is they put all these elements in that you're like, oh, I can get creative with that. I can make characters that I love. I have characters in Soul Calibur Six from so many different things. I got characters from Scott Pilgrim, from DC, from Marvel, from Nathan Drake, Lara Croft, 
I've made so many characters. I probably have. You would love it because you love creating characters. I do. I do. I have, and you can download people's characters and then edit them the way you want. So I have, I think, like 70, something like 70 edited characters that I've downloaded from other people. And then I got like another 60 uh, of my own that I made. So it's like 130 characters. Yeah, that's, that's, even, like, that's, that's ambitious that's, even for me, dude. That, it, but you know what? The, the, the customization is so easy. Like I, 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 I enjoy, like I enjoy the customization seeing, Oh, who can I make? Like we had somebody make alien, uh, somebody made pickle Rick, which was amazing. They did an amazing job. I was like, how did they do this? Uh, so yeah. So to see that in mortal Kombat would be, would be really interesting. Well, and I think they could do it. They, I, they, they might be going along those lines. So I believe I can't remember. I think it was WB Montreal that made this game mm-hmm. because it's the same. It's the same grouping that made the Injustice games. Yep. And uh, so some of the skins you can unlock are very um, DC esque, if you will. Yep. So for example, um, uh, Baraka. They have a Killer Croc skin where you can. There's like five or six different versions of Killer mm-hmm. Croc that you can put over Baraka, because of the the mouth looks similar. Or um, uh, Noob Saiba, I believe you can make into Scarecrow. And, you ah. know, or or the bat. No, it's the Batman who laughs. I don't know if you saw the pictures of that, but mm-hmm. yep. uh, it's really really cool. So I have I have basically I created a character. So what you can do is in Mortal Kombat you have two default. Um, costumes but you can continue to create additional costumes once you unlock or additional characters with uh, the same character with different costumes once you unlock all those different skins so yeah like we saw an injustice right so essentially yeah exactly like i can create different i can create a scorpion with a different spear in his hand with you know all red and orange flames you know or the the classic with the classic spear with the classic mm-hmm. ninja or i can do you know the skin which is pretty much all gold with some like red yeah. burning highlights in there and then do like a burning spear there's so many like different things you can do so it's it sounds like they're close to getting to something yeah that's, yeah yeah and, and honestly a lot of a lot of these uh today's fighters are going that way because right. there's some the the concept of unlockable characters in the game has kind of gone away it's it's you know you get your standard set of characters most of the time and then you usually like are just unlocking through dlc which is which is a whole other topic in itself yeah i agree but you know, people miss that i miss completing the story or completing you know um like a survival mode or a time time trial mode and like unlocking a character you know i kind of miss those days <laughs> Because they used to get me excited to no. unlock a character. No, I totally hear you. You know? So, and, and Mortal Kombat, remember, was kind of falling off until the DC games came out. Until the first Injustice, people weren't paying as much attention to Mortal Kombat. Right. And I feel like with, with Injustice, they found the model to kind of reinvent it. And, and these past two or three Mortal Kombat games have been pretty good. Yeah, I agree. And I also agree with your um, your consensus about making a custom character. Uh, I just think it would be a pretty big undertaking. But KB, do you want to hear a segue? A segue. <laughs> speaking speaking of undertaking, <laughs> after the messages, after our little break here, we're going to come back and we're going to discuss WrestleMania 36. So we'll be back after this break. Hey, everyone. I want to quickly tell you about 4041 Media. 4041 Media is a collection of podcasts in the southern New England area. And in addition to the great show that is Free Your Geek, you can check out 4041media.com and listen to the Psych Your Crime podcast to figure out why the crazies commit the crimes that they do. Or if movies are more your thing, check out the cast of characters at Movie Theater Time Machine. You can hear all of that at 4041media.com. That's 4041media.com. 4041media, for listeners, by listeners. And welcome back to the Free Your Geek podcast. I am your host, Jay Free. KB is still on the phone. I'm here. We're maintaining our social distance way more than six feet. Um, But uh, we're going to switch gears now. And I kind of like buried the lead. We're going to be talking about WrestleMania 36. So KB has recently 
gotten back into wrestling. And a quick shout out to the guys at the uh, Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. You know, I before I say that, before you move forward, yeah, let, let, let me correct you there. It's actually been a while because I got back into it, and I was thinking about this the other day when Bailey won at Survivor Series. No, was it? Was it did she win at Survivor Series? No, but at Survivor, Survivor Series. Was so when November. I, November. So. It's been a good six months, right? Okay, so okay, so not just that. But anyway, shout out to the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast, a friend of the show. I'm actually going to be on one of their episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be doing, you know, I don't know when it's going to be recording, but they, I think it's going to drop sometime in mid-May. Uh, I'm going to be doing the uh, top five moments of Stone Cold Steve Austin from the years 1999 through 2000. So I've been going on the WWE Network and. Uh, checking out some of the old footage to see if I can jog my memory back to those times. But uh, let's fast forward to what is happening now. In the middle of this mm-hmm. pandemic, WrestleMania 36 in an empty arena. First of all, what did you think of just overall the show being in an empty arena? Did you think it hurt the show? Did it help the show? Did it make it unique and stand out for you? What are your thoughts? Uh, there were some There were some things that, that made it made it different and, and didn't Good and bad, just like most things, right? Like, I do like being able to really hear what they are saying. There's just something about that that adds for me. Like, even just the ref talking to them or, like, whatever. I kind of just like hearing the, the, the banter better during match that you kind of don't get to hear So, normally. like, the trash talk between the, the, the trash talking. And just yeah. the managers on the outside, you know, yeah. trying to give advice. I think it gives a little bit more of a real fight feel to it. Yep. Yep. Just like, uh, I, and I, well, how do you want to do this? Do you want to go a couple matches? Just highlight. Do, do, do you want to do, we can do first night, second night. We can do that if you want. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. All right. So, um, we saw, uh, let's just go through some of this stuff real quick. Um, we had, uh, on the pre-show we had Cesaro and Drew Gulak. Uh, I, I like Drew Gulak. I like both those guys. Both those guys yeah. are awesome. They delivered. Um, Good. Yep, good match. Uh, Cesaro is like probably the pound for pound the strongest guy in the company. And then we had a women's uh, tag team match for the tag team titles. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross became the new champions over the Kabuki Warriors. Which was a bad match. It was, no, it was a good it was match. Right. I, I just kind of feel like they, they've been dropping the ball lately with Asuka and Kairi Sane. I think they're both mm-hmm. very, very talented. I thought they should maybe have been like more dominant champions, been more in the spotlight. Longer, yeah. But I also believe that, you know, Alexa Bliss is kind of, you know, she's kind of the it girl. The company likes her. Yeah. You know, she's a pretty girl. She can talk. She's got the, the right personality. And Nikki Cross is very talented. So it's it's just, I feel yeah. like there could have been more to the storyline. They could have built it up more. I think the women's tag team division is kind of hard because there's not a ton of teams. I disagree with that entirely. Um, and not that I want to go off on a tangent, but you have, you know, Alexa and Nikki Cross, you have the Kabuki Warriors, you yep. have the Iconics, you have Banks and Bailey, you know, you, you can team up Carmella and Naomi, you know, you, yeah. have, you have, and then you, you have I'm just saying compared NXT. to the men's division, C- compared to the men's division. Well, the men's division, is, you have AOP, Street Profits, New Day, Usos, uh, Miz and Morrison. Miz and Morrison. Those guys are fantastic. Yeah, but I mean, and then you just had, uh, whatchamacallit, debut, the uh, Forgotten Sons on SmackDown. Yeah. So, I mean, there's not a whole lot, you know. Yeah. I mean, comparatively speaking. But again, it was it was a decent match. Yeah. Um, any uh, Elias and Baron Corbin, King Corbin. I really did not even care about that no. match. That was one of those ones that was there. But again, I feel like a lot of it was thrown together. Like, the, yeah. the highlights of this night was uh, Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler. Yep. Um, I think, you know, Becky's control, you know, still rolling, st- steaming along, yeah. steam rolling along rather. And she's, uh, still the champ. So I thought that, I thought and, that was a good and, match. And was, uh, Strowman and Goldberg, was that, was that We'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Uh, then it was Sami Zayn retaining against Daniel Bryan, which I thought was good. Cause I know you love Sami Zayn. I love Sami Zayn. I love Daniel Bryan, but I just think Sami Zayn's been with the company for so long. And yes, he's been, I believe he was NXT champion for like a cup of coffee, but he hasn't since going to Raw and SmackDown has not won any singles gold. So, I, I can't stand him, but that's the good thing. That's why that I love him. He's annoying. He's, 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 he's the, the perfect heel. Yes. Um, and then uh, I want to get your thoughts on this one. Speaking of tag teams, John Morrison, Jimmy Uso, and Kofi Kingston had a triple threat ladder match for the tag team, the SmackDown tag team championships. Lame. 
You thought it was lame? I, I, I just don't like, I mean, I guess they're trying to fix it, so to speak. Yeah. Um, with having the opposite guys who aren't at WrestleMania do a match. But well, then it kind of like, I don't know, it just feels like that throws out like the well, original Do you know match. the storyline behind it? The behind? Mi- the Miz had a high temperature, so they disqualified yep. him from wrestling. So they had to take that. It was supposed to yep. be three teams, and then they just took one member from each team. Which, again, you're making the, the best out of a bad situation. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then uh, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. Kevin that, Owens. I love that match. Yeah. I thought that was amazing. I'm a, I'm a fan of Kevin Owens, too, and Rollins. But I, I just think, like, again, there's so many, like, great talents on there. I'm yep. just wondering where they go. The use of the bell, yep. the, jump, the jumping off the, the WrestleMania sign, like, added, that, yeah. It definitely, it, it, definitely added. Um, again, it, but again, those are, the, those are the moments I think you want the crowd there. You know, yeah. for that, for like, yeah. uh, like the the chance, the oh my god, you know, you know, this yeah. is awesome, all those chances. But would they have done something like that? You know, given the logistics of it, would they have done the same thing uh, if they were oh, in? I bet you they would know, have. Tampa I, Bay from what I was understanding, the the huge set the design that they had, yeah, where they were going to be in Tampa for lots of this be, stuff. It was going to be a huge pirate ship, so who knows what would have happened. Oh, <laughs> but um. Yeah, uh, and then we move on to the WWE Universal Championship match. Braun Strowman defeated Goldberg. So Roman Reigns was slated to uh, fight. They canceled him at the last minute. Thoughts? Go ahead. Yeah. I heard you sigh. I, I, I just feel like it diminishes The Fiend even more. Okay, so we'll get there because Goldberg defeated The Fiend. Um, yes and no. I agree with that to a point. But uh, Roman Reigns had to back out. Obviously, he's recovering from leukemia, so with his immune system weakened, they're not going to have him. They're not going to risk him, yeah. So I'm wondering where they go with Strowman, because I don't know if you've seen SmackDown. uh, Yep, I've been watching. It looks like they're setting up a Fiend and Strowman match. Yeah, which is interesting. So what do you go? I don't know the history. You probably know the history. So yeah, when when Bray Wyatt was you know the kind of the uh, swamp um, you know cult leader. He brought, you know, he had Luke Harper, he had Eric Rowan, and then later on they brought in the black sheep, Braun Strowman. And uh, after they separated him via like a draft, he went to a different show. He kind of became his own person, like the strongman type guy that we know him as he is now. So there's some history there that I think if they're going to be, you know, obviously with this pandemic and whatnot, if they're going to keep doing shows, they have a, a crack team of people that can make video packages and you can really see that like some of the stuff they'll do is so good. So I'm curious to see where they go. But to your point, KB, uh, with Goldberg beating the fiend uh, pretty quickly um, and Strowman beating Goldberg very quickly, does it diminish the fiend or does this, who's going to win now between Strowman and and the fiend? That's, that's a good question. I've been thinking that if Strowman beats the fiend and retains, because if, if you go with the, the um, theory that they want Roman Reigns to be champion because that's what they were planning on doing. And then Reigns will face Strowman at some point or whatever. Right. So then you yeah. can turn Strowman heel or bad guy. And, yeah. uh, you know, but so then does he beat the Fiend or does Roman yeah. Reigns come out and do something? Who knows? But, well, the other, the other thing is like the Strowman versus Sami Zayn and Cesaro and, you know, the Otis Collective or whatever. It's just like I was just kind of getting tired of the storyline. Right. Um, so I'm kind of glad like that's over. And I'm kind of glad like they, they made it up to Strowman in a way of like, OK, yeah, he lost that Intercontinental title. But, you know, now we put him in this position. You know, those are the breaks, I guess. You know, right. like 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 that's just how it played out for him. Um, and, and, you know, I, I like him. I, I like his. I like his style. I like his charisma. I, I like, I just like the, the character. I think he's, he's, he's a good character and it's a character that should be a champion and should hold titles. You know, that's how I look at it. Um, so yeah, that, that was, that was interesting. I, mean, I can see what you're saying. Cause like if he beats the fiend, then it kind of validates, but if, if the fiend beats him, then it's kind of like, okay, so no, we're, right, little, back, we're yeah. right back where we started. Yeah. Yeah. So, so- because interesting I, I think, stuff. There. I think internally, if you believe the rumors, they didn't want Reigns versus the Fiend. That's why they had Goldberg win it, so Reigns could beat Goldberg at WrestleMania. That way, they, the fans would boo Goldberg and not 
boo Roman because he's fighting somebody that the fans actually like the character of, even though yeah. he's the fiend is supposed to be a bad guy. It's so different. It's so exciting that it just, it's, it's, I don't know. I just, I really yeah. like, like to your point, the character work is great, but speaking of character work and something different, how about <laughs> the boneyard match between the undertaker and AJ Styles? <sighs> I, you know, I haven't really seen many boneyard matches. I oh, this, think those kind of. So this is this is the first one. This is the first one, dude. Yeah. Okay. So that was this was the first one that they had. I thought they had others, didn't they? they didn't no, have they they would called them at the the, the uh, back in the day. They called them buried alive matches. Okay. Okay. But so, those were usually done in the arena. They weren't done off site. Yeah. So, but that's something they really couldn't pull off in the performance center. Right. So it makes sense to find like this location that nobody's around. You know, um, I, I get it. And I thought it was, you know, it was fantastic editing. I liked it as like this almost like mini movie. <laughs> it was a cinematic. It was 19 minutes of a cinematic yeah. fight. It was like the yeah. Undertaker coming back as almost like a Clint Eastwood biker, like Western type of fight. And I thought yep. it was like, really, I thought it was really well done. I, I mean, I liked, again, you could tell it was overproduced. They had like music for, you know, yeah. But it, but the the way they did it, I thought was, uh, and no pun intended for AJ Styles, phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was an actual like really really interesting, different, you know. And again, we saw that was the ninth match of the night, you know. And you, I won't even yeah. call it a match. That's that's a fight. So we saw eight wrestling matches inside the ring. It was cool to like finish off with something. Oh, here's something a little bit different. Yep. Here's something yeah. that you you haven't seen before, really. Yep. And again, you don't have to be in the audience to appreciate it. Imagine if they did something like that with the audience there watching on a screen. That yeah, wouldn't this, be any good. So this, no. what they were able to do with the, the use of cinematics and just the, the style they shot it in was create this really cool piece of art, for lack of a yeah. better term. Makes, it makes it, they, they took advantage of the situation the best they could. It's like, okay, here's an opening for us to try. Because I'm imagining these the, the uh, creative probably had to say like, okay, what ideas can we come up with to try to make this unique given the situation that we're in? Right. You know, and, and, and I think they succeeded with that one. I really do. I think, I thought that was a good one. Yeah. So that's, that's what ended night one. Do you want to, uh, any other thoughts before we move on to night two? Uh, we didn't really talk about the Baszler Lynch match. All right, let's, let's talk about that. Took that one a little bit. Um, that one was, you know, I thought that was a pretty, pretty good, pretty decent match. I do like how Becky rolled her over to get that pin, though. Yeah, I would have liked to, it. Went the the match went like eight minutes or so. Eight a little longer would have been good. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen Baszler like dominate a lot more because the the idea is now Becky is really beating everybody in the division. I was thinking that. So unless they're bringing Ronda Rousey back, which well, Bianca Belair. Yeah, but from from unless they unless they I don't know what they're doing with her yet, and the Street Profits. I don't know if they're keeping her baby face or if they're turning her heel. Yeah. But um, you know, I haven't watched Raw yet. Uh, I, 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 I did. It was it was it was really good. So are they, good. are they are is she still a baby face right now? Uh she, they she is. So, but there but there's a little tell. There's a, they, there was this tiny little tell of like oh maybe she's because the Street Profits have always been baby face right yeah. like so there's a little thing where she you know how they're always like joking around yeah and she's like knock it off get serious you know what I mean like. So, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. So, okay. So we got we have that. Yeah. Um, but my my point is though is I would have liked to have seen Baszler just like be a little bit more of a vicious like a female Brock Lesnar yeah. almost like you know and just get like you know she's overzealous and Becky yeah. takes advantage because she's she's more yep. of a veteran of the game and, and you know she just, they and they basically went there but I would have liked to have seen Baszler dominate a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and, and like you said, there's there's not really anybody else for Becky to. Right, so now they're they're doing what money in the bank. Yep. So who knows what's going to happen with that? Which those three women qualifiers were were on this episode of Raw. Right. So that was pretty right. interesting. And then I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be three women on SmackDown qualifying. So depending on who Something wins, like that. yeah. Depending on who wins, they might have a challenger for either SmackDown or for for. Uh, yeah. I, I think I think in spoilers or not even spoilers prediction, I think. Uh, Sasha Banks is going to win it, and we'll talk about that momentarily. But yeah, anything else okay. on Becky Lynch and, and Baszler? No, no. Okay, no, I just wanted to touch on that one because moving that was kind of a moving on to night two, one. we had Liv Morgan, who I'm a big fan of, uh, in the pre-show beat Natalia. That was I, that was. I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. okay. 
Yeah. Um, but I, I think Liv Morgan needs to be. Natalia doesn't get enough. She just doesn't get enough time. I'm she, sorry. She's solid. She's she's a solid worker. She's a great wrestler. She just needs, she needs a character. She needs a storyline. Yeah. They just don't want to give it to her. It's or I just I think that's a bigger just it's a bigger thing. It's just the writing. You know. It's like yeah. Every like even back in the day, people can complain about like I I don't want the Attitude Era back. But the thing you could say is that like with the Attitude Era, every single superstar had their own storyline going. Yep. Everyone that was involved in something. But let's speaking of uh dominating in women's wrestlers, Charlotte Flair beat mm. Rhea Ripley to be the new NXT women's champion. What are your thoughts? That one kind of surprised me. I I thought I really thought Rhea was gonna retain because she just has been on this uptick. Right. Like this this upward trend. And I almost feel like they derailed her in a way. Like we don't know what's next for her. I'm still, you know, the conspiracy theorist, theorist of she was wearing SmackDown colors. I've never seen her wear something like blue and white. Have you ever seen her that bright? No. no. Like, I, I just, I don't know if that's a, if that's a sign of something to be, or maybe it's just, oh, it was WrestleMania. Was I'll dress different. It, yeah. it, it just seemed very out of place. And I just really wanted to see, I don't know. I mean, it was a good match. It was a really good match. I was, I was well entertained by them. Um, and I'm just not a big Charlotte Flair fan. Well, I guess. So here's, here's the thing. Here's, here's my take on it. You know um, more than me. I'm not a huge Charlotte Flair, like fan, so to speak. I think she's probably of all the women. I think she's the best wrestler out of all the women oh, yeah. on the roster. Yeah. yeah. Um, my thought is, is what it's going to do is it's going to bring more prestige to the NXT title because Charlotte's going to appear on both NXT and Raw now. Yeah. See, that's, and, that's, that's strange. To but me. it's going to get people that watch Raw that might not watch NXT. And vice versa. To yeah. be like, oh, Charlotte's going over. She's, she's the champion there. Who's she going to – this Io Shirai girl she's going to fight next. Who is that? Like yeah. maybe I'll tune in to kind of like see what's going on there. Which is great for Io Shirai. Yeah, like, and that's that's my point. Like, I think yeah. there's so many girls and or so many women. I should not be NXT a has a deep has a deep women's roster, right? And that's what I'm saying. And really imagine do. Charlotte fighting all of those different women. And they need they need to get a couple of them into like the Raw lineup. I think the SmackDown lineup's okay, and, and I think can kind of survive on its own a little bit. But like, well, I mean, Raw... who do you who do you have on Raw? Let's let's break it down. You have Alexa Bliss. You have Nikki Cross. They're on SmackDown. Oh, are they? Okay, thank you. See, I'm, I can't yeah. even keep the uh, the brands. Okay, so you got but like, Asuka, like you said, Becky beat everybody, right? Oscar so and Kyrie, Becky. Yep. Yep. You have Sarah Logan, Ruby Riot, yep. Liv Morgan, well, Natalia, yep. Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Shayna Baszler. I think, and now Bianca Belair. I think you. That's what, like eight girls, nine, nine, ten women. But name power. I mean, but but that's the thing. Like, how how are you going to say NXT has name power if people don't watch NXT and they only watch Raw and SmackDown? Okay, well, you know what I mean. I so thinking, I, think, I was thinking more of like SmackDown has more name power in the oh, world. Well, oh, okay. No, I think I think uh, between Becky, who, who's like the top female in that yeah. company, and you know you have Charlotte, and you yeah. have Nia Jax, and you have the Iconics who haven't showed up in forever. And you have Oscar, where they keep saying she was undefeated for so long. Like you're, you're correct in in a sense where you got Banks and and Bailey and, and Bliss and, and Bliss. But I also it's flashy. Think, it's more flashy. Yeah, that's probably the term to use. Yeah. But I, all in all, I just I can't wait to see Charlotte Flair mix it up with the NXT women. Um, yeah, and and like I said, if some of those girls can catch a break of just getting that exposure, like Io Shirai is somebody I've loved since I started watching. Right. And she was even injured for a while, so I only got to see her a little bit. I'm like. I think it was that uh, what was it the um, War Games when she did that flip off the top of the cage? Yep. I was like, damn! Like this this girl's got talent, and a lot of those NXT girls have talent. Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox, and uh, Shotzi Blackheart is on her way up. Mm-hmm. They're gonna they're gonna do something with that girl at, yeah. s- at some point because she's a fan favorite. It's just one of those pe- one of those characters that people just like. I don't know. They just oh wow! Like she comes out in her tank and all this stuff, and it's just. You know, she's just wild and crazy, and so there's there's a lot of talent there that they could use, and they started to right because Deanna Peruzzo was on Raw last right. week, and uh, Chelsea so, Green, Chelsea pre- Green, previous few one. weeks before that, yeah, yeah. So, so it's there. It's definitely there. 
Uh, let's let's move on to yeah. a match that we can go. It's very quick. Let's talk about Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. He beats Bobby Lashley after Lana some miscommunication. She's telling yeah. him to go for the spear. He runs into the uh, fade to black. Fade to black. I always call it the black mass. I don't know why, but fade oh to no, black. that's the black mass. No fade. Fade. No, it was the black mass. Yeah. So he hits him with yeah. the black. I always mass. confuse the two. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, again, I love I love Alistair Black. Like I, I do too. He's, he's great. I think his character's great. I'm I'm hoping this leads to a push for him, and I'm yep. hoping it's going to lead to a different storyline with Lashley. Yeah. Uh, moving on to one of my favorite matches of the night, Otis beats Dolph Ziggler. So awesome. And I want to <laughs> say my fa- probably my favorite. <laughs> Mandy Rose is truly God's greatest creation. That's not just a moniker they give her. Uh, she is absolutely gorgeous. She's I'm I, I like right now with like in this whole uh, you know social distancing and quarantining. She's doing a lot of like TikTok videos and and workout videos, and I'm like this girl is like ripped. Her legs yeah. are like probably bigger than my head. Like she's just like muscle on muscle, but yeah. she still looks very feminine and she's gorgeous. And I just like I, I really enjoy the storyline with her and Otis. Uh, I have another buddy of mine that's going to be interviewing her for his podcast, so I'm trying to get him to slip her my number or my contact, be like, hey, do you want to be on Free Your Geek? So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, moving on to one of the more brutal matches, uh, Edge defeated Randy Orton in a last-man-standing match. It was a great match, but it dragged on so was That was my feeling. It's like, there were times where I'm just like, I'm a little like, like I, it's a great match, but it's like, I'm a little bored just cause it's so long. Right. Um, T- made sp- it spitball. How long, how long, how long do you think that match took? What do you think there was the well, time? The time of that match? Was that like a half hour? I will give you the time. It was 36 minutes and 35 seconds. Okay. So I wasn't too far off five minutes. Um, yeah, it was just, it was just those times there was a lot of that time where they kind of were both down right. and taken. So, and, and you have to build it up. Like I get it. You have to, you know, it has to all be built up all the momentum and all the drama has to be built up. I get that. But, but it's just like, maybe if they cut a sequence out of there or something, or, I, or I don't know. Do you think it would have been different in front of a live crowd? Oh, in a live crowd. I think it would have been a little bit quicker. I think, yeah, I think it would have felt quicker based on the live crowd because once you have that crowd, yeah, involved with it it's a whole different it's a whole this is where they lost this is where they they kind of lost that uh benefit of the crowds and i I felt really bad because like edge edge and orton are actually two of my favorites i think orton's probably my consistent favorite and edge was one of my favorites of all time before he had to retire and after the first time like you know first time in nine years coming back it was just i felt bad that it was in front of like an empty arena but they made the best that they could yeah, and, and the storyline was pretty good, and I, I just wonder where it goes from there now. Yeah, well, we'll see. You know? I think Edge is basically signed to a part-time contract, so I think he'll take some time off and come back uh, when he needs to. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Raw Tag Team Championship match, the Street Profits that mm. you mentioned earlier. Uh, Austin Theory, sneak it in there. Austin Theory and Angel Garza. So um, Andrade was hurt. Or he yeah. was, or that's the storyline. I think he was also sick, so they kept him out as a precaution. So they replaced him with Austin Theory. And Zelina Vega, I absolutely love her. I think she is mm-hmm. like, uh, she's just a great valet manager, whatever you want to call her, but she's also a really talented wrestler too. And yeah. uh, that's why I hate Alistair Black because that's his wife and she's <laughs> beautiful and she's great and she's yeah. wicked into Batman the, the Animated Series. I met her years ago at a Rhode Island Comic Con and we talked for like 20 minutes and I was like, uh, Jay Free could not close the deal. So, <laughs> um, but no, she's she's awesome. She's she's a great wrestler. She's got a great yeah. character. Uh, but yeah, again, Street Profits won. So again, just a thrown together tag team. But I really like how they're doing this kind of stable with Andrade yep. and Angel and Austin you'll, you'll, together. If, if you do, you'll love this episode of Raw. Good, good, perfect. Um, All then, about that stable, the whole, almost the whole show. <laughs> perfect. So, well, moving on to another yes. championship match. It went from a uh, six-way to a fatal five-way elimination <laughs> match because Dana Brooke, again, was sick, and they yep. didn't want to chance her with uh, possibly having COVID-19. So Bailey defeated Lacey Evans, Naomi, Sasha Banks, and Tamina. 
So she's still the champion. She's she's rolling right along. I love me some Bailey. So I think I think we're leading up to a Bailey, and that's why I mentioned a little earlier. Bailey is great. Her character since turning heel has been amazing. Yep. And I think that's why we're going to see Sasha Banks turn babyface eventually. And I bet you yeah. she's going to win Money in the Bank, and then she's going to, you know, Bailey and her are going to like be at odds, and it's going to finally something's going to yeah. snap and finally happen. So. Yeah, they they'll build that up. They'll build that up somehow. Right. So again, that's a good storyline. So that that's the one thing they can do now with with no live crowds is they can take their time and tell these stories. Yep. Yeah. So I'm curious to see what comes out of a you lot. Can't of that. have the same wrestlers on every week. So guess what? You can draw it out. You can do video packages. You yep. can do all that stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. The last two matches I want to talk about on the card. We're going to talk about the a person we talked about a little while ago. The Fiend defeated mm-hmm. John Cena in a Firefly Funhouse match. This was the trippiest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I it, it absolutely was. I absolutely loved it. Every moment of it. See, I, I was just hoping for a real match with them. Like I I just I, I was just I, I agree. Like and I love all the tribute like the tributes to the past. Right. I love that. Like it was it was fantastic. It was retro. It fits right in with because I'm like, what the hell is a Firefly Funhouse match? You know what I mean? Right. Like and we got to see what that was. But I really wanted to see because now I didn't watch the WrestleMania that they talked about, um, you know, back in that time. But I they replayed the match on one of the Raws of when he defeated when John Cena, you know, defeated Bray, Bray, Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And even though I didn't see it live back then, just seeing that match, I wanted to see a real fight. Well, the, 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 to that give was you the some only quick thing. backstory, it's just that the, it was one of those things. The Wyatt family were a bunch of heels yeah. or bad guys, but it was just such an interesting character. Bray Wyatt is just so good at what he does. Like He's he got is. such a great mind to reinvent himself. So he had this character that nobody had ever really seen before. There was an old character similar back in the day, like in the early 90s, called uh, Waylon Mercy, but it was mm-hmm. way before its time. And Bray Wyatt was like a, almost like a hark back to that. And it yeah. was just like this cult leader, this like Bayou Swamp leader who had like this family of like rednecks and, and all this stuff. And it was just really, really different from everything that we've ever seen before. And yeah. his promo style was very different. It wasn't just me. I'm going to get you. I don't like you. You know, it was it was more it, it was more profound. It was yeah. more like, where is it like coming cult. from? <laughs> yeah, right. he's he's speaking in tongues and riddles and all the stuff that I don't quite understand. But it sounds amazing. And did you watch the uh, Florida Championship Wrestling on um, the, the documentary about that? On yes. The WWE yes. Network? And I love how they said Bray could sell it to anybody when they were talking about, you know, Dusty Rhodes helping them like develop the character and yeah. selling it. Yeah. And they're like, nobody does it like Bray. And no. it, it's, it's clear. Right. <laughs> it's so, crystal clear. Anyway, to kind of bring it back to the forefront. Yeah. yeah. The, the fans were like, you know, WrestleMania always has like the, the, for lack of a better term, what they call the smart fans, like the fans that, you know, they all know it's a work. They don't really care about the specific characters. They just like the people that are entertaining yeah. and the, the company, you know, Roman Reigns is the company guy. So of course, all the smart fans that are in the know boo him because it's like, we don't want the company telling us who to cheer and boo for. Yeah. We'll find our own people. So Bray Wyatt, when you have all the people shelling out hundreds of dollars to go to a wrestling show, you know, it's mm-hmm. going to be all those people that are rabid fans. So they're going to be in the know. So they were all cheering Bray Wyatt. And John Cena, you know, for the most part, and again, not his fault, but the way they wrote the character for years is he, it was almost like the Hulk Hogan, the Hulk yeah. Hogan model where, you know, he's the, he's the guy, you build up some new monster, they get the advantage on him, but then Hulk Hogan wins in the end. It's the same thing with Cena. Yeah, same there formula. Was, there was yeah. a night, I think uh, he was fighting, there was a group called the Nexus led by Wade, Wade, uh, Wade Barrett like years ago mm-hmm. and they had him fight and Cena, I think, beat like five of them in a handicap match. I'm like, how are you supposed to make this faction dangerous if one guy just like kicked all their asses? Yeah. You know, so I think <laughs> they should be kicked out of the company. Right. It was, I'm saying you think, you think, yeah. so it's one of those things where I think, you know, hearkening back to that. So this Firefly Funhouse match was more all inside John Cena's head. And it was mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt, like going inside of his mind psychologically. And, yep. and even talking about when he came out to the NWO side of the house, because yep. everybody's always been saying, oh, John Cena needs to turn heel. And everybody remembers when Hulk Hogan turned heel and joined the yep. NWO. So it was like, it was almost like an allusion to that. Yeah. But and what, what, I, I just love the, uh, was it like the, was it the Saturday night main event and stuff? Like all that, all those just going retro, way back. 
throwbacks and there were so many so many inside jokes too that you know even uh, with a vince puppet saying this is some good good uh stuff for a lot i'll try to keep it clean yeah but this is good stuff pal like so good because that's that's what uh, john moxley was talking about and one of his podcasts uh formerly known as dean ambrose was saying that's what when vince was trying to pitch him this idea to do this character he kept saying oh no it's not going to be bad it's it's good it's good stuff pal it's great stuff so they they took that and they it was just so well done and so creative. Again, it was cinematic, it was different, but yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I thought it was like I said, I I would have I would have loved to have seen a real match, but I I I do agree with like it was really well done and it was entertaining. <laughs> and then to cap off the night, sir, we had interesting the um, world title, the WWE Championship mm-hmm. match. What everyone uh, was waiting for. Drew McIntyre finally conquered the beast in less than five minutes, in four minutes and 35 seconds. It was just a quick match. Lesnar got a couple moves in. Drew kept kicking out, hit him with a couple claymores. I, I love Drew McIntyre. I yeah. think he's uh, very, very talented. If you go back and listen, uh, the guys at the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast and I did an episode a ways back where we did our own version of The Draft. Yep. where we drafted to NXT, SmackDown, and Raw, and I took NXT, and my number one pick was Drew McIntyre. Yeah, um, he's a total package. No, that's Lex Luger. Uh, that's no, a, uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. that's a battle, bad joke. Sorry. No, no, he is. He is though. He's like he's the you know he's got the height, he's got the look, he's got the skill set, he's got the charisma, the attitude. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's got, got everything, and I'm I'm so happy he like he got his first world title yeah, in the company because he 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 was actually kicked out of the company right well he got he got released way back in released the well, yeah kicked out rough released yeah yeah they just basically said we don't have any storylines for you we have you on the payroll now it's going to be an interesting time uh speaking of that with everything that's going on and how wwe is gonna bounce back but well then there was the whole big show thing after yeah so they did that as interesting you know, yeah uh, he basically it was it was an after match where he defeated the big show but that was just a way to um, to kind of like put some uh, shine onto the big show for his new show yeah. on Netflix. They could show that yeah. on Raw. And, and also put it. shine on McIntyre because it's like, oh, I beat both these monsters in, in one the night. same yeah. night. Yeah. yeah. You know, 20 minutes after beating Brock Lesnar, I beat this other seven Oh, foot. you are, you are going to love this week's episode yeah, of good. Raw. I'm going to have to check it out. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm super happy for Drew McIntyre. I think he's very, very talented. Great to see where, glad to see where they're going to go with him. I'm just wondering. Yeah, and he's uh, he's not and like you said, and in, in now he's not a company guy, right? Like he's not a Roman Reigns. He's a more of a fan favorite. Than well, he was. He yes and no. So like when he first started out, like back in the day, uh, he was like 20 years old or something like that. And they were trying to push him. And Vince called him. Right. He went out and called him the chosen one. So like yeah. that was like you know a huge kind of uh, ad- adulation to give to somebody like you know yeah. a mark to put on him and he wasn't like living up to like he they couldn't write for him you know what i mean like yeah. it was just but now i i love the new attitude he's a little bit different than he was i'm curious to see where they go with it uh but i'm just like i'm very very happy i thought it was a unique wrestlemania the, again i wish a, a live crowd could have been there for drew they did the best they could oh we're forgetting something go. Gronk. so Gronk in the uh, oh. 24/7 title uh, yeah, again, just more more publicity. Yep, Gr- Rob Gronkowski is the new twenty four seven champion. Yeah, I'm not gonna even go into that. It's just, whatever. Like, oh, I get it, I, but... I, dude. I was busting on. Oh, I, was, I was just messing with you because I figured you did not like well, that. Let's let's wrap up the show, and now we're gonna go into uh, our segment called uh, Cerebro Suggestions, and we kind of already uh, buried the lead. toward that but um something on netflix if you're quarantined and you want some like squeaky clean like good full family fun yeah family fun full house ish show check out the big show show on netflix now kb have you watched any of it yet uh first couple episodes what do you what do you think my my wife likes it yeah and again because it's 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 corny it's a family show yeah it's it's definitely it's it's tv uh g so it's not even tv pg so like everything is just it's super like corny it reminds me of danny tanner full house back in the day but uh it's definitely worth uh, uh checking out yeah um it was number three on the netflix yeah. most watched shows so. and also uh check Please. out the movie it's also on netflix for something a little bit more mature check out mm-hmm. the movie code eight so that stars okay. uh both steven and robbie amell 
Uh, mm-hmm. It was a fan-funded project that they did. I know fans contributed to that. A couple of uh, yeah. friends of mine uh, are listed in the credits, um, but it's it's a great movie. It's like got a superhero vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check it out. That's on Netflix. I believe it's number two right now on Netflix, or it was mm-hmm. as of this recording. So check it out. But until next time, KB, hit him with the catchphrase. Get your geek on. still here it's over go home